if God has given you one. I felt like there was, and um, if that's, you know, if you have a sense that God would speak to our congregation and you're one of our seasoned and trusted men or women, um, you can do that at this time. Well, I'll take that one. <laughs> uh, I, I trust you could hear that. I could hear that fine. Thank you. Uh, that was uh, Lloyd. We appreciate that. Is there something else the Lord, you sense the Lord may be saying? Yeah. Thank you, Luke, and uh, thank you, Freddie, and, and for those of you who are saying, well, that wasn't a prophetic word. Um, actually, uh, it may well have been, but we have often couched what we sense is the word that God wants to speak in more, uh, well, religious terminology. And um, a, um, a... No, that's good. We're... <laughs> So, you know, God often speaks a word to us, and it, isn't, it doesn't have to be uh, some, you know, thus saith the Lord. It can be a heartfelt thank you by which God is thanking those who serve and who love and who participate. Um, so I just sense that there may have been a couple of words, and so I appreciate those who've launched out in faith uh, to share this morning. I want to share just a little bit, um, keeping on with the theme that we've been doing. We've been talking about um, our life together. That's the big series, the umbrella. No pun intended, we've had lots of rain. <laughs> our life together. And uh, we've come to this juncture for the last three or four weeks talking about spiritual gifts. And as we've begun to explore spiritual giftings, um, it became very clear to me that uh, we need to be able to hear God's voice. 
um, if we're going to move uh, and be led by the Spirit. Um, so this notion of, of hearing from God, I believe, is absolutely foundational. It's, um, it's Christianity 101, if you will. Uh, but the reality is, uh, we have made it very complicated, and the enemy of our soul, I believe, has used the complication uh, to keep us, his people, from the certainty that God, number one, wants to speak, number two, wants to speak to me, and number three, wants to use me, that's all of us, to encourage and build up another person. And to that extent, the church of Jesus Christ in this, um, this decade, in this hour that we live upon the earth, has become primarily programmatic, uh, has become primarily organizational, has become by and large left-brained, if you were here last week, left-brained, meaning uh, empirical and scientific, and, uh, and what we can think from the soul and express through the body, uh, the church by and large has embraced that model and, if you will, has uh, cut off itself from the primary means of guidance, which is the Spirit of God who has moved into our hearts, into our spirit, and wants to lead us. Uh, now, um, I'm not going to preach, though <laughs> it's hard for me not to, but I'm going to teach here today a little bit. Uh, but I want to begin with this notion that spiritual gifts have to be rediscovered. Uh, and in uh, rediscovering gifts, we're rediscovering the foundation principle. And here's the foundational principle that you and I were made to receive supernatural revelation. Now that sounds like, are you kidding me? No, because that is what the Bible teaches. Um, all those who are led by the Spirit are the sons and the daughters of God. Romans 8, something or other. Uh, my sheep, Jesus said, hear my voice, and they follow me. Uh, Isaiah 30, you shall hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the right or to the left. Old Testament, New Testament has come down to this organic model that God chooses a people out of the earth to be the recipients of His presence and we get to walk with Him in love relationship all of the rest of our lives and speak where He tells us to speak and act where He tells us to act and to accomplish His purposes upon the earth. That is supernatural Christianity that most of the modern church has very little understanding of. That's a zero, by the way. Um, well, let me remind you of a couple of Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 17, um, says this. I shared it last week. Verse, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 17, but he, and you understand it also means she, they, uh, who are joined to the Lord, uh, 
are one in spirit with him. I didn't make this up. You see, when the Spirit of God moves into our life, we become one in spirit. If you weren't here last week, it may be worth a few minutes going back and looking at the archive message of last week. I had three people stand up here. One represented the outer man, our physical nature, by which we interact with the outside world. We have a soul, which is our cognition, our personality, um, our mind, our emotion, our will, etc., by which we evaluate experiences from outside. And we have a spirit man that makes us a, a supernatural person because the one who is joined to the Lord is one in spirit with Him. So where is Jesus at this point? Where is the spirit of Jesus right now? He's in us. We are one spirit with Him. And if you read on in that text, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We've been bought with a price. We're no longer our lo- ourselves. We don't belong to ourselves. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Body, uh, mind or soul, and spirit, we have been made uh, to interact uh, in outside experiences And when we're born of the Spirit, the Spirit then takes over the leadership of the soul and over the body. So that those who are now led by the Spirit of God are the sons and the daughters of God. Not those who are primarily good thinkers, logical, left brain, scientific. It is possible to be led by your soul and think you're being led by the Spirit. It is also easy sometimes to be led by the Spirit and not recognize that He's the one leading you. Let's look for just a moment at John chapter uh, 16, I believe it is. If you have your Bible there, you can turn. Uh, But let me begin reading at verse 12 of John chapter 16 and underscore just a couple of words. Uh, Jesus was speaking about the work of the Holy Spirit. I want to demystify this just a little bit. Um, Jesus said, verse 12 of John 16, uh, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. You, You can't understand them now. However, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come... He will guide you into all truth. For He'll not speak on His own authority, but He will speak whatever He hears, and He will uh, speak uh, whatever He hears, and He will speak and He will tell you things to come. Uh, He will glorify Me, for He will take what is Mine uh, and declare it to you. Now, what I've said there, what I've read there, just a couple of things, let me underscore. Um, First of all, uh, the Spirit of God, when He comes into us, He becomes our guide. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. In other words, it is easy to think rationally and be led by the rational person and think you're doing the, the... you're being led by the Spirit, but in fact, you're just, it's a soulish, religious, if you will, uh, way of thinking. You can act a certain way, 
Uh, but to be led by the Spirit is another thing. So first of all, it's clear, Jesus wants to guide us. The Spirit wants to guide us. It says He will speak. It's not just John 10, my sheep hear my voice. It's not just Romans 8, be led by the Spirit. He wants to speak. So every one of you and every one of us have the capacity to hear the Spirit of God speaking to us. In fact, every one of you who are in Christ hear the voice of God speaking to you, but many of you have not recognized it as God. You've beaten it down. You've evaluated it through your soul. Those promptings that chiefly come by the Spirit, having been united with you, you've rationalized it. You've said, that can't be God. We'll look at some illustrations about that as we move forward. Jesus said, I'll guide you. He said, I will speak to you. He said, I'll tell you things, uh, and I will declare it to you. All of those, those uh, words speak of God speaking, declaring in order to guide His people. Does that exclude anybody? No. Uh, so I'm building the foundation that God wants to speak to us, and how we hear His voice then uh, is because He wants to manifest His presence. 1 Corinthians 12:7 says, Now the manifestation through the outer man, the, the making clear in tangible ways, the manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone for the common good. God gives you and me giftings that are supernatural. But we're uncomfortable with that terminology because we are primarily natural, a carnal, fleshly, if you will, rather than spiritually minded. Romans 8 says, the mind set on the flesh is death, but the mind set on the Spirit is life and peace. So I'm not making this up. This is historical Christianity that the modern church has lost track of. Uh, so, Jesus, by His Spirit then, wants to manifest His life, His love, and His presence to every person that you and I meet. It doesn't matter their political persuasion. It doesn't matter their race. It doesn't matter their ethnicity. It doesn't matter how much money they have or don't have. King Jesus, who lives in us by the Spirit, has an agenda by which He has purchased us by His blood. We now are the temple, body, soul, and spirit for a central purpose. And that central purpose is to love people and bless them the very same way Jesus would do so if He were on the earth. And in fact, He is. And He's given wings, if you will. He's given expression through mortal people like you and like me. Can you believe that? That's what, hello, are you there? <laughs> Can you believe that? The problem is, many of us don't. 
And we stay in our carnal understanding of what it means to be a Christian. How well I can think things up for Jesus. Whereas it's much simpler, and that is to take your mind and submit it to the kingship of the Spirit of God and then evaluate what He speaks in rational terms according to biblical tests uh, does it conform with the Word of God? Uh, does it bear uh, the, the character of God? Does it, does it uh, have signs of the fruit of the Spirit of God? And does it bear witness to your spirit, an internal witness? If yes, the mind has to go, I don't understand this, but I'm going to obey it. Let me give you an illustration. One of my friends in the Spirit and one of our intercessors... Uh, was sharing how they began to first hear the voice of God. And as they were learning this, uh, the Lord, this person came out of the grocery store, and the Lord, in that still small voice, said, Don't put your shopping cart over here in the parking lot, take it back uh, to the lobby of the grocery store. Now, how many of us would have rationalized that word down? Well, that's stupid. Come on. Why would I do that? But because this person was keen on hearing. Now, you've got to test things. But this person turned around, took their shopping cart back up to uh, the lobby of the grocery store and turned around and started to walk away. And the Lord said, put it with the rest of the carts. You see what I just did? See, that's what we do. That can't be God. So she turned around and saw all the rest of the carts, and she took her cart and walked around and pushed it in with the rest of the carts, and she was walking away, and she said, Lord, why was that important for me to do? Because nothing profound happened. Nobody was led to Jesus. There was no great manifestation of anything. The Lord began to speak because I'm wanting you to listen through the small things he who has been given little will be entrusted with much. Hello? So that, my brothers and my sisters, when the Spirit speaks to you and it goes through the rational process at some point, is there a knowing that this is God, even though it seems foolish? Word of God, character of God, fruit of God, internal witness, you do it. The external man goes, okay, shopping cart, back here, I don't understand it, never will figure it out, I'll be willing to seem foolish in order to obey. Because I don't get, my thoughts aren't God's thoughts. His ways aren't my ways. Uh, so, uh, where am I in my notes? Uh, the Spirit desires to communicate with us, is the point. But secondly, we must want to hear God speak and not always rationalize things away or argue down the, the flow of the Spirit. God will often speak to us uh, through... Uh, what is primarily right brain. I went into this last week. I won't go into it today. But it's the, the more creative 
um, spontaneous flow. God will drop by the Spirit a word into your mind or a picture into your mind or an, an intuitive thought into your mind. Take the grocery cart back. And at that point, you have to judge it and decide whether you want to learn to listen and obey God or not. Now, will you miss it sometimes? Well, sure. But that's how we learn to obey the voice of the Spirit. Uh, Now, we must want to hear, and I want to look at uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 23. You don't have to turn there, but let me just read it. Jesus was talking, and He said, If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. We all got ears, but sometimes we don't have a heart to hear. Uh, Then he said, verse 24 of Mark 4, then he said to them, take heed what you hear. With the same measure that you use, now he's talking about hearing. With the same measure that you use or that you hear, um, it will be measured back to you And to you who hear, more will be given. Now what Jesus is talking about there, it seems kind of convoluted, He's talking about the law of use. In other words, if you use the hearing that He is speaking, He will begin to give you more understanding and discernment of His voice. It's the law of use. If you say, I can't be God, I'm I'm not taking that grocery cart back. You see, we can grieve, sadden, the one who has joined himself to our spirit. Grieving the spirit and making him sad. Now how do we do that? By ignoring him. Have you ever been ignored by another person that you value? It's grossly disrespectful. You want to slap them upside the head. I mean, don't we? In our, in our natural, you know, ignore me. You know, say what you want. Get in my face. Spit on my shoe. But don't ignore me that I'm a non-person. Now, we all get what I'm saying. Jesus has joined Himself to our spirit. And many of us have ignored His promptings. And to that degree, we have quenched the movement of the Spirit in our life and in the church of Jesus in this day. We have made her, the church in America, a great gospel enterprise, but we have very little spiritual resources to help anybody out there except with our money maybe. And God will even dry up that to the people that will not listen. So, God wants to speak to us. Um, We must want to hear. It's the law of use. Uh, Now let me, could I give you another illustration? This person is here, so I won't use any names, but I, I, I suspect it would be fine for me to do so. This person was walking out of, I'm not sure whether it was a hospital or 
or where. And the husband was getting along with, you know, going to the car. And uh, the wife walking next to him all of a sudden looked over and saw someone. And um, the husband kept walking to the car. The wife went over and joined herself to this person because she perceived in her spirit. What does that mean? That means somehow there was a prompting, go talk to that guy. So hubby kept on going, and wifey went over and started to talk to the guy, sat on the bench, had a conversation, said, can I pray with you? Do you know Jesus? And ended up leading him to Jesus. Everybody ought to go, whoa, that's awesome. Now, how did that happen? So with that, the husband looked around and goes, oh, what just just happened? Now, not one is spiritual and the other is not. That's not the point. Yeah, (laughs) I just saw him. (laughs) I think I got it right. The point is, all those who are led by the Spirit. The Spirit probably was not leading the husband, but the Spirit prompted the wife to go over and talk and led this person to Jesus. That man is in, will be in eternity because that person said, I will obey what may seem like an uncomfortable word. Go talk to that person and ask them about, do they know Jesus? Now then, had she said, oh, that'll make me seem foolish. What if they reject me? The spirit is ignored, gets grieved, and I guess just sort of gets walled off. He doesn't leave us. He'll never forsake us, but we can wall him off in terms of our hearing him and his leading us. Are you all hearing what I'm saying? I think so. Uh, So that... um, We must want to be led uh, and ultimately obey. But sometimes we don't want to obey. If we're honest, I don't want to take the shopping cart back. I don't want to talk to that person. Well, okay. So then we have said, I will live out my days as a Christian upon the earth, rationally thinking left-brain thoughts, evaluating Um, uh, understanding the Christian life through my mind because that's the place from which I am most comfortable. Rather than simply recognizing that's the place of my own comfort, as I said last week on the Myers-Briggs personality preference inventory, I am a far left-brain thinking person. And God has been working patiently with Steve to help him tap into uh, the right brain, the flow, the spontaneous thought, the pictures, and my feelings. <laughs> now that seems funny to most of us. Last night, my wife was telling me a story, and I just started crying. I could do it now. It's not turned on, you know, it's, it's, now what's going on? What's going on is that many of us, because we have been hurt and wounded, if that's for me, I'm busy. (laughs) If, 
because we have been hurt and wounded, we want to protect our inner life so we wall ourselves off from the spontaneous, the fluid, the creative, uh, the place where miracles originate because in that sphere are also contained emotions. And I am sufficiently uncomfortable with emotions because of my own woundings. And some are you too. <laughs> okay. That was free. Um, <laughs> so we must want to hear God's voice. Um, the Holy Spirit speaks to us not from outside. He can, but the Spirit of God speaks to us from the inside, the interior places of our spirit because He's joined to us there. That is the place from which we bring heaven to earth. Because the dove of heaven is living inside our spirit and from that, you know, this, you know what I'm saying. I don't know where that is. It's our spirit man. We hear from him, and he wants us to evaluate it, not check our brain, but not argue it away, but to live out of that word, and then at some point in time, actually do it. Speak it, or act on it, and a miracle... I believe, happens when we receive revelation. That means a word from the written word. Um, a word drops into our spirit from the Spirit of God. A picture, an intuitive thought. And if we're not training ourselves to discern what is God and learning what is not God, we'll will argue them all away and never act by the Spirit. Revelation uh, plus evaluating it properly plus a willingness to speak and act brings about the manifestation of the Spirit. However, as you probably can tell, what is involved in the process is risk. You can get it wrong. Anybody know that besides me? But you know what? It's okay. Because that's how we learn. Fail forward. Fail forward. Learn from it. Because God wants to release the supernatural presence of Himself into the church today and into the community today and tomorrow, and He only has us. Help us, Jesus. You know? Help us, God. Okay, so the Holy Spirit speaks from within. 1 John 2, 27. I'll just tag it real quickly. Uh, but the anointing which you have received from Him abides in you. 
Where is that anointing? It's abiding in you. 1 John 2, I think it was what, 17. The abiding uh, of Jesus um, lives within you. Um, and you don't have to have anybody teach you. That doesn't mean you don't come to receive teaching and studying the Word. You must do that. But it's the anointing that you have abiding in you that will direct you. That's the point of 1 John 2.17. Uh, so that um, a number of insights, if you will, from that Scripture in 1 John 2.17, uh, the anointing is a person. He's not an it. When He comes, Jesus said in John 16, He will guide you into all truth. He isn't an it. He isn't some force. He's not some, you know, may the force be with you. No, may the Spirit of God be with you. Uh, and th that anointing is a person, and the Holy Spirit then is dwelling inside of us. You know that little thought, I have a river of life flowing out of me. Kim knows it. <laughs> That's the river of God. And there's not a person here. There's not a person listening on the internet. There's not a person anywhere who is in Jesus who doesn't have that river in them. We must discover how He speaks to us so that we can then manifest His presence through the outer man in acts of service and acts of love and acts of real change in this city in which we live. So we have an anointing and the anointing is a person. The Holy Spirit can be grieved. Ephesians 4.29 I'll simply tag it. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. 1 Thessalonians 5.19 The flow can be shut off. It's like taking the garden hose, remember, and just pinching it down. The flow is shut off. How does that happen? When God speaks and you say, oh, that's stupid. That can't be God. I don't want to take that shopping cart back to the... That's uphill and 50 yards. The, the flow is shut off. We quench His Spirit. He becomes grieved. Your spirit is joined to the Holy Spirit. We've already looked at that. 1 Corinthians 6.17 And the Holy Spirit speaks to us. Come up here, Dean. Real quick. How does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Body, soul, spirit. How does He speak to me? <laughs> spirit to spirit. Amen. Thank you, brother. I told you I wouldn't embarrass you too, too much. The Spirit of Jesus speaks to your heart, your spirit man, face to face, if you will. Spirit to spirit. Heart to heart. It, heart and spirit are sort of synonymous, synonymous in the Scriptures. Uh, but that's how He speaks to us. Um, so let me give you some biblical examples in just a few minutes here where that's actually taken place. Because I don't want to just preach what seems right to me, but the Word of God, which is inspired and teaches us how to live a supernatural life. Turn in your Bible uh, to one of the Old Testament prophets. That's back, the minor prophets. And this one uh, will be um, Habakkuk. Uh, I can't help you in terms of the 
page number. I'm using the New King James. Let me just let me read it. Habakkuk 2, uh, verse um, 1 and 2. The, the prophet wanted to hear from God. And he says in verse 1, I will stand on my watch. Now I'll go back here in just a minute and tie this together. I will stand on my watch and set myself on the ramparts. Now if Dean were back up here, I could turn toward him and watch to see what he will say to me. And what I will answer when I am corrected. And then the Lord spoke in a picture, a vision. And He said, write it and make it plain. Okay, what's going on there? Habakkuk 2.1 The prophet quieted himself. That's why last week we practiced quieting down the mind. Shut the noise off. The drivel. The newsreels. The, you know, shut it down. It is distracting from face-to-face, spirit-to-spirit communication. The prophet says, I will take my stand. I will take, stand my watch and set myself on the rampart to watch and to see what he will say. See, say. You see the, the synonymous terms there and to see what he will... Now what he did, number one, is he positioned himself to be quiet. And, and number two, he took time to wait upon God to speak. Some of us can't be quiet enough. You know people often chatter because they're nervous? Sometimes I think I do that in preaching. <laughs> Shut up. You... you you have to position yourself to be quiet um, in order to wait and see see what God will say. Because God can speak through a vision of what you see, or He can speak through a word of what He says, or He can give you an intuitive thought about something, and He was able to discern the voice of the Lord speaking, um, and God did it in this case, uh, by a vision. Attention always has to be on the giver and in terms of releasing a manifestation of the Spirit, it, it's upon the Spirit who is the giver and the person who is the receiver. It's never on you or me. Well, I'll look foolish. That's okay. You, you are. So am I. You know what I'm saying? We're fools for Jesus. We're peculiar people. We have a capacity to hear that people in the world don't have, and that will set you apart. That will distinguish you as somewhat foolish in the eyes of some people. Is that true? But it really matters in eternity that we hear and then we speak and act on what we're getting. Let me give you another biblical example real quickly. Um, Mark uh, 2, 8. Uh, Mark chapter 2, uh, verse 8. See if I can find it here. Maybe I marked it. Yeah. Mark 2, 8. Uh, let's begin at verse 6. Some of the scribes, Mark 2, verse 6, some of the scribes were sitting there and they were reasoning in their hearts. You ever reason in your heart? You're not saying a word. You're just reasoning it. What was happening? 
the soul man was just sort of, who does this guy think he is? What is he saying? Can you, you know, me, me, me. the soul man was just going. So, so the scribes were sitting there and they were reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 8, but immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were reasoning in their hearts within themselves, he said, which is easier, to forgive sin or tell the guy to take up his bed and walk. You see what's happening there? See, Jesus didn't hear a word spoken, but he perceived by the spirit uh, who was in him. You have the same thing Jesus had. The spirit of Jesus lives in you. That's what we the church don't get. And Jesus perceived in his spirit, evaluated it through the mind, and then said, which is easier. And there was a great miracle that, that took place. Now, there's, I can give you other references uh, I'll give you one more. Acts chapter 14, verse 9. We won't take time to look at it. Let me do another one that's, 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 that's more fun. Uh, 1 Samuel 3.10. You can look up. The other one was um, Acts chapter 14, verse 9. Observing him intently, Paul spoke. Uh, but in 1 Samuel chapter 3, uh, that's the place uh, where it says, young Samuel, the little boy Samuel, verse 1 of chapter 3, um, the word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Sounds like 2015 to me. Because everybody's wondering, where's the word of the Lord? Where's the word of the Lord? The word of the Lord is right there in us. If we would plug into understanding that flow... Uh, so, the little boy Samuel, who was dedicated to the Lord's service, um, the Lord spoke to him, verse 4, Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. Um, the Lord called Samuel, and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli, thinking it was Eli, the priest, who was speaking. He did that three different times. The Lord spoke to Samuel, 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 and Samuel got up, ran to Eli, the priest, and said, Here am I. And finally, Eli got it after the third time. And that was what the word was spoken to Eli. Eli finally said, after three times, when the Lord speaks to you, if the Lord speaks to you again, say, Here am I. Your servant is listening. So little Samuel went back to bed. And sure enough, the fourth time, Samuel. And the little boy Samuel learned he had to be taught how to listen to the Spirit. He said, Speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And the Lord spoke a word of judgment against the household of Eli the priest because he was allowing his children to do things that were immoral in the temple. Well number of other examples I won't um, common ways that the Holy Spirit uh, communicates directly to us he does so through the written word 
you can't short-circuit the reading of the Bible because the Spirit of God uses the inspiration of these texts to inform us. That's why the Old and the New Testament are still the stuff by which you fill your mind with the Word of God and He will bring it back to you and speak out of that. Another way, uh, using the Word of God that He speaks to us, He'll do so through spontaneous mental pictures. Um, A spontaneous mental picture is simply where we begin to listen to what the Lord would say and then we test it. Does it conform to His Word, His character, the fruit of the Spirit? Is there an internal witness? And then we act upon it. Not long ago, a week ago, the Lord gave me a dream. And it was for me. It wasn't for you. So I won't share uh, the specifics of the dream. God can lead us through a positive uh, leadership. In other words, yes, go, yes, that's now, speak, wait, whatever. He can also do it through internal agitation. So um, I was being asked to do something in the community out there, and I wanted to do it. And I was ready to do it, and I was moving forward to do it. And um, I had a dream. And in the dream, I won't go into all the, the detail, I had a real agitation. And I woke up, like four in the morning. I hate when that happens. I got up and I said, okay, Lord, what's, what's going on here? And he basically said, this is not the time. Well, now I know why I was so unsettled. You see, Colossians tells us that the, the Spirit of God in us acts like an internal referee or a, um, a, a coach uh, or an umpire. And I was going this way but I was uncomfortable and agitated about it until God spoke to me through a dream and said no. And with that, the next morning, I fired off an email. I said no, backed out, and I was like, oh, I feel so much better. See, you'll hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it, whether you turn to the right or to the left. So turning left, you have peace. It conforms to the, the written word, the character of God, the fruit of God. You have internal witness, and you proceed. Or you turn right and there discover that even though it conforms to the Word, the character of God, it would bear fruit, you don't have any peace. There's agitation. You go, okay, no. That was being led by the Spirit. Now, He also leads us through hearing uh, an inner voice. He leads us through inspired impressions. How many of you last, last week, I won't ask you to do anything other than raise your hands, how many of you last week, uh, as we were coming up for communion, uh, heard something because you quieted down the noise and you began to listen uh, to that flow at, for somebody else? Did any of you get something? Come on, come on, put the hands way up. Yeah, cool, isn't that awesome? Now, as you begin to move in hearing and testing through these biblical tests, you can begin to move in greater and greater confidence. But you got to start. That's the scary part. You need to begin to listen. So I want to pray. Um, Dean, maybe you would come up. I'm going to end here. i got tons more, but it's uh, right at 
almost 11.30, 11.25. So I want to end our service. But what I have been saying is that you hear the voice of God, but many of you are not confident or certain that it's Him when He speaks. Some of you have heard the voice of God and have argued it down and said, that can't be God or that's foolish or no, I'm not going to do that. And for whatever reason, the Spirit has become grieved or or quenched in your life. Um, The only way to make that right is to talk to Him, not me. And, And say, God, I think there have been times I have been, for example... Um, wounded and I've thought I've heard in the past and I've launched out with my hair on fire and I discovered that it wasn't you. I've done that. Uh, There have been times, God, when you've spoken to me uh, and I've just been fearful or uncomfortable and I've just said, no, because what if I look like an idiot? Or foolish, you know. Or what if I get out of my comfort zone? God is probably not as interested in my comfort as He is in leading me because I've been purchased. I belong to Him. This temple, this body is now a living sacrifice. So, if you have said no and have quenched or grieved the Spirit of God, simply say so in prayer. I did it this week, again. It's a good thing. There isn't one person here who's perfect. There isn't one person here who hears perfectly. Of our intercessors that come faithfully and pray, they would be the first ones that are on their face going, God, we need you. See, that's the posture of humility by which God wants to speak to us. So I think the way I want to end the service as sort of the Lord's leading here is to ask some of our leaders to come forward to be available to pray. The rest of you stand where you are. And um, that wasn't hard, was it? Some of our leaders come forward. The rest of you stand where you are. We're going to be dismissed. But I want to just give you an opportunity to, in, in, in 60 seconds, what's on your heart to the Holy Spirit living in you. So close your eyes. Humor me if you need to. Let me lead us in a, in, in a generalized prayer. And if that's you, you simply grab onto the shirt tail of it and say, yeah, Lord, that's me. Uh, Father, I have at times heard your voice and have been fearful um, of acting or speaking what I have heard for fear that I would feel a certain way or look a certain way in the eyes of other people, and I'm sorry for that. God, will you forgive me? for that today thank you Father for the greatest gift ever which is the blood of Jesus by which we are cleansed from our every sin some of you may have heard 
the voice of the Spirit, so you thought, and you've run ahead and you've either been hurt or hurt other people by it, and you have said in your heart of hearts, oh, I'm not going to do that again. If that's you, I invite you to likewise join the line of repentance. Father, I'm sorry for running ahead, not having ample and adequate biblical tests, and I've hurt myself or I've hurt the people that I love or the people around me. Would you forgive me? Now, if that's you, you simply need to receive that. Receive the forgiveness of Jesus for either quenching the Spirit and not hearing and acting and speaking or running ahead and maybe tripping and falling and making a mess. Thank you, Father, for the blood of Jesus. And Lord, as we close here today, I want to ask Holy Spirit, that you would begin to activate your sweet presence in our life once again. That you would begin to speak to us spirit to spirit, heart to heart, face to face, so that when you speak, we would be willing to risk and then to speak and to act in such a way so that we can learn all that you have for us. God, we thank you for today, and I bless your people. God, I bless them. They're rising up. They're lying down. They're coming in and they're going out. Their capacity to hear your sweet and still, small voice. Before I end in just seconds here, some of you, I believe, may want special prayer around this theme of hearing. There have been wounds in your heart, and you're not so sure why, but you just don't think you hear. And we just simply want to pray with you. We need some more prayer folks up here. So some of you step forward who are able to do that, our elders, our, our leaders, and be available to pray. God wants to release something amazing in you. Will you let him release his amazing grace into and through your life? That's a question that you need to answer yes or no to him. Father, we praise you and thank you. So if that's you and you want to be, have prayer for just to hear a little bit better, then come forward. And I don't know why, but I, I just sense the Lord speaking and dropping into my spirit thing that there are some people here that have some grave back pain. That's all I'm getting is grave back pain. I don't know what it is, whether it's, you know, ligaments or muscles or, you know, there's little things that stack together, vertebrae. I don't know what it is, but if that's you, let's pray for you. Okay, so just come forward and, and, and we're going to pray for you. Let's just take a minute. We, it's easy to go do the religious thing and now you all go home. I'm no longer interested. 
if that's primarily your heart, then I would invite you into the repentance line and say, God, what we want is really you. There's blood disorders. I don't know what that is. I'm just here in blood disorders. If that's you, just come up here and get somebody to pray for you. Come on. I don't know what it is. Anemia, maybe. That's a blood disorder. You know, it could be all kinds of, of things. Uh, if we need more people to pray, uh, y'all turn left and right real fast. Come on. Look left, look right real fast. Now, except you guys on the outside, you don't have anybody on your right or on your left. We got people in the middle. Guess what? You have the same Spirit of God as every person up here. Quiet yourself. Listen for that prompting, word, picture, word of God, um, intuitive sense, and then just bless that person uh, with that. Let's do an activation. For those of you who want to do it, for those of you who don't, it's okay. You can slip out in just a minute. An activation is find somebody and say, can I practice on you? Can I, can I pray for you? And then just be quiet. Dial down the noise. If you pray in the Spirit, do that and say, God, give me a word. Give me a picture. Just be quiet. Don't try to make anything happen. And see what the Lord will say to you. And when you get a word, it will be like a box of Kleenex. I didn't bring one with me, but you're only going to get a word. You pull the Kleenex out. And as you begin to pray, you'll go, oh, another one popped up. And, and the Spirit of God will begin to move. Okay, that is an opportunity for you to practice. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our midst in these days. Lord, we pay attention to your voice. We pray, God, for the release of miracles right now into the blood, into the backs, Lord, into whatever need your people have right now in Jesus' name. Release them, God, to begin to practice your presence as they begin to hear your voice in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. If you'd like to slip out, do so quietly. If you'd like to just hang and pray for one another, uh, feel free to do that or ask for prayer from someone. Have a wonderful day. Jesus is in our midst.